Hi, everybody. You're listening to the New Dayton Podcast. I'm your host, Chip James, and I'm setting out to shine a light on some of the amazing things happening in and around our great city. On the podcast, you'll hear from exciting people who see Dayton as a city of opportunity and are taking an active role in creating a new Dayton where small businesses and individuals can thrive. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get to today's episode. After the unthinkable tragedy that recently took place in the Oregon district, we honestly didn't know what direction to take uh, with the New Dayton podcast. Our podcast is meant to showcase this exciting time in Dayton's history to celebrate the people and the businesses that make this a special place to call home. Uh, The senseless, gut-wrenching attack on August 4th is, it's not an indictment on our town, but um, perhaps on the state of our country right now. It's bigger than Dayton. This problem is bigger than Dayton. But it's extremely difficult to find the words to try to move forward when innocent lives have been lost. Um, Before we do get to this week's episode, we want to acknowledge and thank all who acted heroically in any way during the shooting. Specifically, the six members of the Dayton Police Department who were responsible for stopping the gunman. Sergeant William Knight, Officer Brian Rolfe, Officer Jeremy Campbell, Officer Vincent Carter, Officer Ryan Nabel, Officer David Denlinger. Thank you for your bravery. So as we try to transition to this week's episode, we wanted to feature someone who brings positivity to Dayton day in and day out. We need some positivity right now, and our guests can absolutely make you feel optimistic about our town. John Gower is currently the Director of Urban Design for Citywide, a group that is focused on moving Dayton forward. John was the City of Dayton Downtown Planner from 1977 until 2001 and was later promoted to be the City's Community Development Director from 2001 to 2011. So what does that mean? That means he spent about 34 years of his professional life at the center of all of the people who were responsible for planning and growing downtown Dayton. That's pretty impressive. John has long been a leading advocate for restoring the Dayton Arcade. And just this year, John was inducted into the Dayton Region's Walk of Fame. Mr. Gower has seen Dayton through its ups and downs and has always had hope that Dayton can rise stronger than before. As Dayton continues to rebuild itself, it's so refreshing to hear from someone who has been in the weeds and has played a role in pushing Dayton to be the best version of itself. Let's get to our chat with John Gower. John Gower is a lifelong Dayton resident. Not quite lifelong. I moved here when I was four with my family. So 1957. Moved here in 57. Okay. Uh, Who devoted his career as an urban planner to preserving Dayton's history, making it a more enjoyable place to live. Let me give you a couple of things here. So he's worked as downtown, as Dayton's downtown planner, director of community development, urban design coordinator, 
and most recently as a re-imaging strategist? So this is how I'm going to describe it. Today, someone says, well, what are you doing? I'm a placemaking engineer. Oh. And I work for both the City of Dayton and Citywide Development Corporation. Okay. Because I have a skill set that, that we want to um, expose some of the younger folks to. Okay. So that's really kind of what I'm doing here. Okay. And it's uh, placemaking engineer, placemaking visioneer, or whatever you want to call it. Visionary, dreamer for downtown, advocate for downtown. Yes. Let me just have a caveat. Uh, I am extremely underqualified to have this conversation. Uh, so we're going to do the best we can. You have so much knowledge and history with downtown. It's very obvious two things. So when we met with Francis Kern Manone and David Williams from Cross Street Partners to talk about the arcade, and we said, who else do you think we should talk to? Who, we want to talk. We want to have 10 good conversations for season one of this podcast about downtown. And they said, John Gower, um, but, but fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> Because Well, that's interesting. Because yeah. you know so much, you have so much knowledge and information, and just in our first introduction into this underground studio of basically a vision for what Dayton is becoming and will become, you were just the perfect person to talk to. Maybe you should have your own podcast, though, because no. you, you have so much knowledge. It's so great. So what I need to try to do is pull a couple of nuggets out of you yeah. that people can listen to on their commute to work. They can listen to on their jog on the treadmill and they can remember it. And it's, and it's things that are not in the weeds so much. Mm -hmm. It's things that the average person who maybe lives in the suburbs or lives downtown, either one can take and be excited about. And, and it's not fake news. It's real, real data. Data is sometimes hard to understand mm -hmm. in a podcast, but it's real information, like two or three points that are like the thing. The thing I always say to people is downtown is back. Downtown is really back, but it's even coming back stronger. It's going forward. It's going forward. Thank you. Because time only moves one direction. It's going forward. Yeah. And so they respond and go prove it. And so I would love to hear you, your take on that, a, a kind of a concise way. How do you prove it when someone says that to you over coffee or over a... Over well, a I would just walk them around uh, and offer a perspective of, you know, all things, all things happen in cycles. Market cycles ebb and they flow. Um, the, and you can actually look at Dayton's history. Um, and I describe actually four really robust investment, uh, investment robust periods here. Uh, and we are in the fifth one. I actually describe it as Daytopia 5.0. Okay. And Daytopia in your mind is? The word Daytopia is this fusion of Dayton and Utopia. Mm -hmm. and so like Dayton at its best? Dayton's at its best, Dayton what it could be. Okay. Going into the future and the word Daytopia does conjure up, no matter who I'm with, I would just say, so what's that conjure up in your imagination? So a lot of folks will talk about um, social justice. Right. Uh, folks will talk about a job for everyone. Uh, and in my field, in my background, this is about the most beautiful place on the entire face of the earth. If I could be anywhere, 
this is the only place I would be. And I would say, let's go out and walk around and look at what's been happening here in the marketplace. Um, for example, the apartment buildings that are going up at center field over the ballpark. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a tool and machining um, supply company over there. I was there when they expanded in the 1980s and I thought it was a cool one-story addition to it. <laughs> um, we, we who are into this thing have said this is another really strong signal that we have an emerging strength uh, and muscle in the marketplace because we've, we're going to hire in better uses. Right. Uh, every time a park surface parking lot gets built on, that's another indicator of a higher and better use. Quickly, I guess, what was your first day on the job where you would say, I was working for downtown or on downtown Dayton? What year was that? It was October 22nd, 1979. I got there early. I was there at 7.30 in the morning. Wow. October 22nd, 1979. My sister was born six days later. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hope this question gets answered one way. If it doesn't, that's okay. 2019 today, can you remember a time in the downtown uh, sort of residential housing area era when it was stronger than it is, where there was more of a desire to live downtown than there is today? So in, in, modern, in modern history, right. no. Okay. No. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And, and again, this is a national um, shift. I don't call it a trend because I don't think it's a trend. This is a national shift. The coastal cities in Chicago have shown us that this is not just another passing trend. And what we're seeing now in the second tier cities, and particularly I'm looking at Detroit, mm -hmm. Cleveland. Um, Cincinnati, Columbus. And Cincinnati, Columbus, is that this is very sustainable. And I'm gonna jump forward here really quickly. If I were gonna write a book, I, when I turn 100 you in should. 2053 and I were going to write about uh, United States urban history, I would probably write that after World War II up until the late 90s, early 2000s, when everybody sprawled out, everybody rejected urban, everybody mm -hmm. wanted to segregate themselves and separate themselves from people who are different from them, will go down as an anomaly in U.S. urban history. Okay. Uh, and it will be the exception, not the rule. Mm. Now, if you're growing up in that period, you're thinking, well, of course it's the rule. It's always going to be this way. Right. Um, so this whole shift is housing, the quality of pay, place, the vibrancy, the authenticity. Right. Uh, you know, the real Dayton tells a story. Every one of these buildings, the street names, everything here, the parks, everything here tells a story that's unique to Dayton that no one, nowhere else on the face of the earth has the same story. Um, the ballpark was a, was a big eye-opener because when we were shaping the ballpark, there was a conscious effort to say, people were saying, well, where are people going to park? Mm -hmm. And we said, we're not building a garage. What we're going to do is we're going to build this facility, and people will be able to take advantage of the other 30,000 parking spaces down here. And if you give them a strong enough reason to walk, they will. Yeah. Uh, so the first day the ballpark opened. People I mean, walk the entire city of Chicago. They do. They, um, they park somewhere, they, they park at their hotel, and they walk all day long. And that's where we're headed, <clears throat> which is it's not my, my experience is not going to revolve around my automobile. Right. Where I'm going to have to park to go here, then drive two blocks and park to go there. Is you really want this connected, right. vibrant, 
um, exciting, I think that, uh, that serendipitous location. When Dayton feels that way, it feels like it's headed that way. When it feels that way, it'll be a, a really a, a, the start of a real brand new era where you, Joe Head, the, the co-owner of Century Bar, mentioned yeah. it. He said, Dayton has all of the things people want. They're just not all interconnected that, yet. That is correct. And, and the day that, that a person from uh, Oakwood or Centerville can drive downtown, park their car somewhere, and feel that connectivity, yeah. that will be the dawn of a new, new era. When you were involved with urban planning and just downtown development during the years or decades or whatever that it maybe wasn't as positive of an outlook, those that were around you and yourself, what was your daily or your month? Like, how, how were you approaching the job then? Like, how where, were you remaining optimistic? Like, where there is no vision, the people will perish. So we did this Living City Project, and our version of that was where there is vision, there is hope. Uh, and there's always been some market here. There's always been a core people here that didn't become the sarcastics, mm -hmm. that didn't become the people that mumbled and said, you just need to tear it down and start all over with. They just still believed. They're, they believed, through and it it's been consistent through all of it. Yeah. Um, all different generations, all different ages, and we did some awesome things in this cycle uh, where we were losing a lot of the traditional office stuff. We had, um, we had this effort in the late 70s called Green Downtown Dayton. Uh, this is post-urban renewal. We had 100 trees down here. There was a community-led effort uh, Horace Huffman was involved in it, uh, Ron Dickerson from Gem City, and we had the Garden Clubs, Garden Club of Dayton, Four Seasons Garden Club. They all came together and said, we're going to green this downtown. Um, and today we have thousands of trees down here. And part of that was putting the pieces together after urban renewal is here's one layer that's really important. Yeah. Shade. Right birds, <laughs> the beauty of trees. That's what I was going to say, just the fact that they're pretty. Um, so that effort, you know, went forward here. Um, Mrs. Kettering and the Victoria Theater. Here's the Victory Theater, one of the few last remaining. We had a lot of theaters down here, and almost all of them were demolished for parking lots. Uh, there is a grassroots effort to save the Vic Victory Theater. Uh, Mrs. Kettering and the community come in and say, we're going to renovate this place. Right. Um, no one ever gave up. Mm -hmm. The Schuster Center, nobody ever gave up. Right. Riverscape, nobody ever gave up. The ballpark. The ballpark, mm -hmm. nobody ever gave up. The Terracotta District, yeah. nobody ever gave up. There are all these little things uh, where folks were saying, you know, the Main Street Project, 1992, uh, Main Street used to be eight lanes wide, 26-foot wide sidewalks and no trees anywhere. There's a complete overhaul of the streetscape yeah, in 1992, 1993. We brought back the Civil War monument that originally had been at the intersection of Bainham Monument that had been over at Riverview Park. And that was meant to be both symbolic and to create a whole different vibe in that block of Main Street here. So, so I just rattled the stuff off. It's amazing. Uh, so it, through all of that, I mean, you, you saw Dayton not at its worst, but at maybe some of its toughest times. And you remained optimistic, as you put it, we never gave up. And, and it's, it was a lot of people. That's great. A lot of people. And, uh, and 
they never, and I would say Dayton not its, at its uh, best. I would say it was Dayton at its best because it's really when you're uh, facing. When you're in the foxhole. When you're in the foxhole, what do you do? Yeah. And, and this is not easy. This is really hard work. This is passion. It's from the heart. It's about people who care. Dayton being the greatest place on the face of the earth, too, is we are the perfect size because anybody here can make a difference. And you don't have to be from a family with a name. You don't have to be from money. All you have to have is the desire to do it. Uh, it's a little bit tougher to, to find those places yeah. in some of the bigger cities. And in the smaller cities, they aren't as blessed with the the great asset base that we have here. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, so we say nobody, that same thing not as eloquently as you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever gave up. Yeah. Um, the, the large numbers did, but you don't pay attention to the large numbers. You just plow with the oxen you have. You can't yeah. plow with the oxen that you don't have. And wishing them back doesn't get them here. So um, you may not want to talk about this because it's about you, but through all of that, it's obvious to see why you were a 2019 Dayton Walk of Fame inductee. I mean, it seems perfectly appropriate. What did you, how, how did that, I mean, it's awkward to talk about yeah. when we receive awards or honors. It but is awkward. And how I, did you feel I, about that? Uh, I got prickly heat and I almost got sick. And at our White Dunbar board member, I said, you all have made a terrible mistake. Uh. And then I said, this is a great honor. And it's a great honor for everyone that's been part of this. Yeah. Uh, and all of the folks that were engaged with the Living City Project, all the folks that mentored me, because I'm nothing more than a man, an amalgam and a product of all of these people put together. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be at a point in time where I can tell the story and help shape the story going forward. Um, so in my mind, it's really, I haven't really done anything spectacular here. You know, um, um, well, I think you have, and, and even just knowing you for 30 minutes or so, it's, it's clear that your passion and your, your heart is in the right place. And I'm just glad that our city recognized you that way. Talk to us. I know you, you have been passionate and, and deeply involved with the resurgence of the arcade. So talk to us about the Dayton Arcade, not from David and Francis' perspective, like the Cross Street perspective, but just from, from your brain and from your heart. Okay. Talk to me about this arcade. It is the most beautiful piece of architecture we have. It is a cathedral. Yep. It is a secular cathedral. Uh, and it was a cathedral built to uh, a place where every Daytonian could come. Even during the years of Jim Crow, the arcade was one of the... At the height of Jim Crow, the arcade was still a safe place for all different kinds of people, mm -hmm. people of color, um, to be able to feel safe there. So yeah. there's that part of it. Uh, my background being architecture and loving buildings, of course, there's no, no question about it. Um, there's the architectural aspect of it. There's the important urban design connect to street level function connectivity of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is its sim symbolism for Daytonians. It's probably one of the few places where folks from all parts of the city would probably have consensus. That's probably a pretty important thing right. to happen there. There's just been incredible courage here with, with this effort. And I have to mention and the courage here, from my perspective, has really been led by Shelley Dickstein and Nan. Um, 
because this could not have happened without the city being at the front end of a building that's headed into abandonment. Right. And taking the risk of putting some money in here to make it dry and stable. Uh, and the rest has just been, it's been so much fun to watch a lot of people sort of say, well, I think it is possible. And that group of folks growing and growing and growing, because this has been a really long mm -hmm. haul here. Uh, and folks that were borderline skeptics that were waiting for this to happen because they're really, they are really true optimists. Right. Um, but there have been so many false starts up to this point. Um, so I think now that it's underway, I would describe this as a good start. Now we can really look at how do we make all this other stuff happen. Uh -huh. Meaning uh, around it or at the arcade? In and around it, yeah. which is the yeah. conversation about going forward for the next 15 years and it, it uh, echoing out into the neighborhoods. Right. And it is echoing yeah. out into the neighborhoods. Well, we've talked about with a couple, of, just uh, amongst ourselves, but also with a couple of guests of the podcast is that people in the suburbs need to understand that the status of their neighborhood, the not status, the health of their suburb or their city is drastically impacted by the health of the core uh, the urban core. And so come here, play here, spend money here, support downtown. Um, and that, that's part of the reason I'm so excited about the arcade. I think that's just such a draw for people. It's um, a good start. It's a good start. And well, it strikes at the heart. What would you say to a 30 year old who's listening to this podcast about the arcade or just downtown in general? What do you want them to hear? Uh, if you're so inclined that you feel like you want to discover this place and you haven't, you need to come down and take a look at it. And no effort is too small. Right. You vote with your pocketbook. Right. You vote with your feet. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you really want to get super engaged, this is a town because we are the perfect size and we, we are the greatest place on the face of the earth. This is the place to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, I have to thank you for indulging me. Oh, no. In case you haven't noticed... I'm just dying to always tell stories. I think we're going to have to come back in a month or two and, and have a recap and, and maybe at Table 33 have a cup of coffee and just pick your brain. That'd be fine. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be All fun. right. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, share it with your friends. Uh, take a screenshot on your phone. Post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed post a shot on Facebook. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron, who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram chip underscore james or email me at chipjames at gmail.com oh and one last last thing check out the website choosingdayton.com forward slash new dayton thanks again